Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Benjamin Brandt. Benjamin, are you ready to do this? Yes, George, I am ready. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you, you bet. Let's let's do this. Benjamin is a CFP. He is the founder and president of Capital City Wealth Management and the host of Retirement Starts Today Radio. I'm excited to have you on. Benjamin, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, as far as my work goes, I like to say I teach people how to retire. Uh, my, my firm and then my podcast both have the same audience that's generally above uh, the above 50 crowd and the people that are looking to learn how to live off their lifetime accumulated savings. Everything that goes along with that as far as you know, investment management and financial planning. But then we also talk about you know, some of the, the softer side, you know, the lifestyle and the, you know, avoiding boredom and dealing with your relationship with your children and things like that. So all the things that my clients are dealing with on a day-to-day basis, that's what we talk about on our show. As far as a personal life, uh, I'm a hockey dad and a gymnastics dad and a former wrestling dad that recently got uh, changed to a hockey dad. But we have six kids, so we're just kind of running running around camp. I bet that that will certainly keep you busy right there. So is, is hockey better than wrestling? Wrestling's usually indoors. I don't know if hockey's outdoors in North Dakota. Well, it can be outdoors, but it's generally indoors. But uh, wrestling is just a little harder to follow. I wrestled a little bit when I was a kid, uh, and my son really liked it. But then this year he fell in love with hockey. So that's a bit more spectator friendly. Fair enough. Well, I appreciate that very much. So when you say, let me teach you how to retire, what does that really mean? Well, the interesting thing about retirement is when I visit with someone for the first time, let's say they're 58 years old, uh, I always kind of make the the lighthearted joke that, you know, no one at this table has ever retired before, meaning, of course, the client, which is new to thinking about this and myself. I'm 37 years old. I've obviously never retired. And so we're learning as we go. I mean, yes, I am a retirement expert. I got all those fancy letters behind my name and you can't see me, but I got all sorts of, you know, framed pictures on the wall. But really, I've never retired before. Uh, so you can be an expert in in the numbers and the tax law and investing and things like that. But really, uh, every situation is totally unique. So even if I was retired, I would have you know no no prior knowledge about what they want to do. So we say we teach them how we teach people how to retire. We're going to walk that journey with you, and we're going to hopefully shorten the learning curve based on conversations and relationships we've had in the past. Uh, but we're going to teach you how to retire. Got it. Well, I appreciate that. So out of helping somebody go through that process, and I certainly appreciate that everybody's situation is going to be unique and, and different for them, and, and, and maybe you can just give me some, some general um, ideas here, what percentage is the actual numbers and statistics, and what percentage is other stuff, sort of those those lifestyle questions? Well, I would approach that question in a couple different ways, but what I would think about is if you don't have your headspace right, but your numbers look good, you can still mess up your retirement really bad. If your numbers could use some work, but your headspace is where it needs to be, you're going to be fine. Got it. Okay. So when you say headspace, what uh, what what specifically do you mean? I would say it comes down to two things, contentment and boredom. You want to be content in your life and you don't want to be bored. And oftentimes those things overlap. So if, a, if a, a client of mine or a listener is not content, they're always going to be looking for that next thing 
to be happy. You know, when I retire, then I'll be happy. When I'm rid of this boss, then I'll be happy. When I'm when I'm away from my cubicle mates or my brother-in-law, or when I finally have that RV or that vacation home, then I will finally allow myself to be happy. Uh, that's dangerous when you're working. It's extremely dangerous when you're retired and you're living off of your accumulated savings. Uh, a cousin to that is boredom. If you aren't, if you just retire because you feel like it's time to retire and you don't have something to retire to, there's a good chance that you're going to find yourself bored. Uh, and whether you're 37 or 67 or 87, I mean, at 87, <laughs> you're probably pretty well settled in at 87. But at any age, really, if you're bored, it's very easy to fall into spending your way out of boredom, which, again, is dangerous while you're working. It's extremely dangerous once you're retired. So find yourself content. Find yourself active. Uh, uh, an active life is a happy life. You know, idle hands are the devil's plaything, I think is an age-old saying. Uh, so don't be bored and try to be happy with your current lot in life. The, those two factors, uh, regardless of what your finances are, are going to lead to a fulfilled retirement. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that very much. And that's that's probably true of any age. But certainly, now that you're no longer working, if you do not have a sense of contentment and if you find yourself to be bored, you're probably probably in big trouble. So... Do you find that people can can wrap their arms around that or do they require a little bit of prodding and coaching when it comes to discovering whether or not they're really content? It doesn't come naturally, I don't think. I mean, there's a, there's a few people that it might, but generally speaking, when I'm talking to, let's say I'm talking to someone not on the podcast, I'm talking to someone in my office, they really want to focus on return and they want to focus on what am I investing? investment's going to do and what happens if the market crashes, which I do. And those are all valid concerns. But really, looking at the next 20, 30, 40 years of your life, the behavioral coaching is really where I think the advisor can deliver the most value. And I, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, it, it is extremely important to know what the numbers are and to understand them and, and to, to feel like you're empowered because you do understand them. But that that behavioral coaching part is, I think, to, to your point exactly, really one of the big values that an advisor can bring. So so is, 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 is there a process you take people through? Is there a starting point? Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a laid out process that the certified, uh, the certified, the, the board of certified financial planners, the CFP board has laid out. I've modified that a little bit. We, we meet with clients both in person and virtually. So we try to, to consolidate appointments as much as we can when we're meeting with a physical person. But we, we have a process called the Retiree Blueprint, which is basically trying to discover what you're trying to accomplish by retiring and then help you along with, with the numbers of the headspace. Got it. Okay. And so that headspace part of that, is it a matter of, of goal setting? Is it prioritizing? It's all those things? It's just conversations. We, we do talk about priorities. and I'll give you an example uh, of, of competing priorities. We could ask a client, do you want to maximize your retirement income or do you want to leave an inheritance to your beneficiaries? And everyone generally says, yeah, I'd like to do both of those things, right? We don't, we all, we all want to bless our children, but we all want to, you know, uh, live large in retirement if, if that's you know, something that interests us. But really those, those two things can be competing goals. So we want to talk to, to listeners and we want to talk to clients as well about what if those two things are competing. So would you be willing to live on less than our plans can project in order to be more sure about the retirement that you're going to leave or the, the inheritance you're going to leave your children out of your retirement? Uh, and, and so to say, how do we rank those? Which is more important, an inheritance or to maximize retirement income? 
Uh, and again, if we don't drill down on it, people are just going to check the box and say both. But it, it, it just sheds a lot of light on what your goals really are when we sort of pit those two goals against each other. So that's one example of, of potentially many, but it's just a, a series of little conversations that we have. Um, in our opinion, it's 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 best had over a lifelong relationship. But for some people that are do-it-yourselfers, you know, we prepare a plan for them over a couple of couple of meetings, and those conversations happen in more more of a rapid succession. Yeah, yeah. But it's just little conversations. It's not a formula or a mathematical formula. It's it's beyond the numbers. Um, but uh, but it's 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 pretty important. It's difficult to focus on because it's intangible. The tangible. I think when clients are approaching retirement, they're looking at I've saved a million or two million or three million dollars, whatever it is. That's why the that's why the the client or the podcast listener focuses on return and focuses on the numbers because they know they should focus on something and the numbers are right there in front of them. And they're they're always moving, right? The market was good yesterday, is bad tomorrow, whatever it is. It's it's an easy thing that you can grab. Plus you get a statement in the mail every month and you log online. There's an app on your phone, a fidelity or a Charles Schwab app that you get that you can click on. So that's what you focus on because that's what's in front of you and you know you should be focusing on something. Uh, but that's not necessarily what you should be focusing on. It's it's the headspace issues that are going to be the most impactful. Greed and fear and, and boredom and, and all those sort of things that we can't really nail to the floor but are extremely important. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and some of the hairier or, uh, or tougher stuff to kind of talk about and it's maybe some of the first times that people have voiced those things out loud or rather articulated and maybe if it's a, a spouse um, or two people whether or not they've ever actually had those conversations with each other um, so I imagine doing that in person and having a good amount of time to really drill down and help people work through those is an important thing so. that's interesting you say that you know some in some ways it sort of feels like a marriage counselor or some sort of a marriage uh, arbitrator or something uh, because oftentimes we hear feedback that we've never had this conversation as a couple before. What do we really want to accomplish? We've had, I mean, it's, it's pretty funny uh, to visit with someone that's been married for 30 or 40 years. And one of the spouses say, I want to travel. And the other spouse, you know, whips their head over and looks and looks at him or her and says, what? I'm not, I hate, I hate the inside of an airplane. I'm, I'm not, not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not going. So, uh, so we say, all right, we can cut the travel budget by half because we're buying one <laughs> ticket instead of two. So, you know, it's, it's just interesting that, uh, you know, you're saving towards uh, a goal of retirement that's usually age based and maybe it's an amount. Like I feel, I'll feel comfortable when I have X dollars in my retirement account, but then actually having a conversation about what you want to do. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting to be a, a fly on the wall in those conversations and help guide people. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. So immense value in that um, because I, I, I really do believe that we avoid those kinds of conversations like the plague a lot of the time. And, you know, and, and take that one step further. If, if there are children involved and there is a desire to transfer assets or a business or real estate or whatever it might be to those kids, you better start having those conversations. Otherwise, that can be a total mess. So that's right. I mean, we have the choice in life to be either proactive or reactive. And that's it's a difficult conversation to have. It's easy to be reactive. That's sort of our natural uh, fight or flight response. I'll wait until I absolutely have to make a decision to make that decision. But then you're not properly armed with all the facts and information. And, you, you know, you, you've dumped a bunch of. I don't know, cortisol or whatever stress hormone in your brain, and you're probably not going to make the best decision. So if you can sort of brainstorm out or even act like a pessimist, if that's not your natural state, 
with an advisor or with a, a trusted person, um, then you can formulate a game plan ahead of time, especially for uncomfortable things like the stock market that is sort of nebulous and scary for people that don't follow it as closely as you and I. But to say, okay, if the market crashes, we're going to do this. And deciding that during a good market, one, helps you analyze a scary situation, but two, pulls a lot of fear out of it because you already know what's going to happen. Or, you, or I should say you know how you're going to react before the you-know-what hits the fan. That's right. And I, I saw that that it's your mission that it's you must educate and empower clients to make sound retirement decisions. And I appreciate that very much. And that's exactly what you just said right there. It's during the good times, that's when you need to really prepare yourself and educate yourself and make decisions on when the market does have an event or a correction. How am I going to react? Because if you haven't had that, you have a really good chance of making a bad decision. Right. And if I can help clients avoid one bad decision over a 30-year retirement horizon, and I've paid for my fees probably by a factor of, of at least double over the course of 30 years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you make one bad choice when the market goes down 20 or 30% and you get scared for just an afternoon and click sell and everything. I mean, uh, if I could coach a client out of having one of those bad decisions, um, yeah, I've paid for my fee many times over in, in a lot of cases. So uh, being proactive, create that game plan ahead of time, write it down, understand it, review it on a, on a semi-regular basis, probably once a year. And then when that scary thing does happen, you will be surprised, you'll be shocked at how not scary it becomes. Isn't that the truth? And when we lay it out like this, just that, just a couple of minute conversation we just had right there, it seems like a pretty easy thing to do, right? So how do people get started with this? Is, 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 is there an event that says, okay, it's time to actually start planning or? There usually is an event. There usually is an event. If I dig far enough, with most clients, there's a reason that they jump on my website or pick up the phone and call me. And it's it, it's usually relationship-based. Um, I'm sure if you read, you know, Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman or, you know, any of the other, you know, uh, people that are experts in this area, they would say, you should start planning for retirement at 55 or five years from when you want to retire. I'm sure there would be an exact number if you look up from the experts. But in my findings, it's usually relationship-based. It's my brother-in-law retired. My, my best cubicle mate retired, my boss retired, you know, somebody that I know had a conversation with me or I saw somebody in my direct sphere that ha is either retired or retiring. And they're my similar age. And we're, so, you know, we're sort of picturing ourselves through their lens and saying, well, geez, if they're talking to an advisor, maybe it's time for me to talk to an advisor or if they're retired, I haven't talked to an advisor yet. I, I guess I'm at that age then if my friends are retiring, I need to think about this. So it, it's an easy thing to sort of, uh, it's an easy can to kick down the road because you're probably gonna have some uncomfortable conversations and you might be confronted with some things that, well, you know, maybe you should have bought that car 15 years ago and kicked that money in your account. I mean, you, that's sort of what you think about is that you're going to have potentially have these awkward conversations. So it's, it's easy to not have those conversations, but when your friends start retiring or your relatives or that brother-in-law that you always been have been competing with, uh, <laughs> when they, when you start to see them make those, those money moves, then you really, that's when I find people start to say, okay, that this, this is the time, this is the line in the sand. It's time to make something happen. And that's when they call me or, or someone like me. Got it. Well, Benjamin Savage nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? So the best retirement that exists and I've helped 
I've helped dozens upon dozens, maybe hundreds of people at this point retire. And the best retirement that I've ever seen, without a doubt, is someone that takes the time to craft a lifestyle for themselves that they don't feel the need to retire from. And so for some people that's financial, some people that is that is starting a, a, a consulting company or finding some part-time work that, re, that fulfills them and rewards them in something that's not financial. For other people, it's volunteer work. For other people, it's hobbies. I would caution you if you think it's leisure, it's almost always not leisure because eventually you get sick of playing golf, which is something I've heard of many, many times. But the number one tip that I can give for someone regardless of age is to create something for yourself that you don't need to retire from. And then if you do that, you never have to worry about fulfillment. You never have to worry about being bored and you never have to worry about money because you're doing something that you love and it's giving you something beyond money. And then you never have to retire. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And Benjamin, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Hey, if you want to learn how to retire, uh, you can check out my website, retirementstartstoday.com. But even better than that, uh, you can check out our, our podcast every single Monday morning, uh, Retirement Starts Today Radio. Uh, just search us in iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast catcher is. Our last episode, actually, that published this morning, because uh, we're recording this on a Monday morning, was triplets on 24 hours notice, our adoption story. So nothing retirement related, but a very unique episode for us. Oh, I love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you joined, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Benjamin your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to retirementstartstoday.com and check out the Retirement Starts Today radio show. And uh, Benjamin told me about how they just recently adopted um, triplets. So that is an episode I will definitely be checking out. So thank you again, Benjamin. Hey, thanks so much for having me. This is a blast. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.